This is the Build Our Future podcast. We shape our buildings, and afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent. Collaboration for our future. You know, I don't think it's the end of the invention. The Build Our Future podcast with Raul Faria. Let's build. Begins now. Welcome to the Build Our Future podcast. I'm very excited today to have Yves Fernault from Fieldwire. Fieldwire has been around for quite a number of years and they've they've kind of evolved, shall we say, with the times, but really happy to have you here, Yves. And thanks for having me, Raul. Glad to be here. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Now, before we jump in and, you know, I get a little bit giddy talking about contact and since, you know, I'm, I'm in construction as well. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and, you know, your journey until this point? Yeah, I mean, so my name is Eve. I'm uh, the CEO of Fieldwire. I'm one of two founders uh, with my co-founder, Javid. I'm French. Obviously, I grew up in France, came to the U.S. about 14 years ago when I uh, studied construction at Stanford. I've done many things in my life, did my military service in the French paratroopers. I studied construction. I left the industry to go make video games for a few years, and I came back to start Fieldwire. Uh, so that's the, the super quick summary. That's awesome. So where did this concept for Fieldwire come up? I mean, I guess the more, and I guess you could lead into it is, where did you kind of start seeing there was a need for something like Fieldwire in the industry? Yeah, I mean, like I started thinking about Fieldwire when I was in grad school. At the time, I was working on 3D and 4D, and the tech was really cool, but it felt really mature. And we weren't finding like mind-blowing issues on projects. And that was back like in 2006. And at the time, I could go to a job site, and it was basically back to the Stone Age, where it was like pen and paper. Clearly, there was no tech right there where, where it would have been helpful. And I really had the frustrating feeling that we were fixing the wrong problem. The issue at the time, though, is that I didn't think the pieces of the puzzles were in place yet. You know, you would go to construction companies. There was no cloud. There were no consumer smartphones on job sites. You had like those custom-made devices, and I never believed that that was going to take off. And so I felt like those were really big waves, like too big for a company to solve. And I was like, okay, the market is just not ready to start solving that problem. So that's actually one of the reasons why I left the industry, where I had interviewed for a couple of like uh, big GC on the West Coast. Uh, I had job offers and I was like, I don't think I can fix that problem, even from within a construction company. And so I was like, okay, you're in Silicon Valley, go learn to make great products. And I wasn't necessarily planning on coming back to the industry after. Well, I guess the experience with video games kind of maybe was like, ah, this is a little bit of fun, right? So, so what made you jump back in and come back? So actually when I was working at Ubisoft, um, so gaming companies are software companies at the root. And if you think like the rate of change on a construction project is high, imagine the rate of change on a, on a game where you start the project really without knowing where you're going to end up. Like there's so much unknown, it's all creative. And so the collaboration tools that we had in gaming were like light years ahead of anything you can see in construction. Like we were using task management platforms. We were making custom collaboration tools for the project that we were working on, depending on what it was. And I really got to a point where I was like, this is the stuff that we're missing in construction. This is, this is what we need. Like we only need to make that, to put that on, on, on mobile phones, like make it vertical, tie it with the plans, make it work. And that's gonna be a really, really good solution. And so I spent five years at Ubisoft 
at the end, I really felt like I had learned a lot and I was ready to, to basically just build my own team and, and start a company. And that's when we decided to, to form Fieldwire to really bring at the time, like we used Jira, uh, which is a, a collaboration platform for, for software as a, as a reference point. And we said, we're going to build Jira for construction. Investors, when we pitched them, didn't know anything about construction, but they knew about Jira so they could get the idea. And honestly, we were like, okay, let's see where we can get in six months. And and if that doesn't work, well, that's fine. We'll we'll find another job. So. Well, yeah, six months. I, I I'm only laughing because usually people say, you know, every time you start a new business, that five year hump, get past that five year hump, right? But did you find the the traction there in that first six months then, or or was it just excitement about a potential? I think the handshake with Javed, my co-founder, was in six months we have to either start selling a product that allows us to pay the team or raise money or basically at the very least we wanted to be part of what's called an incubator which is like one of those structures that help you launch companies in the uh, in the valley and the reality is after two months we were in an incubator i had started programming like fieldwire at the time on my own and so we very quickly we had friends uh, that were using it on their job sites and it was working and at the very least it was working well enough that we could show investors that it was working well and I think five, six months later, we had raised money. So now that we had money, we we're like, okay, let's play this. Let's play our hand. So what did you start out uh, doing with Fieldwire? Was it purely like a collaboration tool? Yeah, I mean, the core of Fieldwire was really like a task management platform mixed with uh, like overlaid overflow plans. Uh, like what makes task management unique in construction? And once again, task management can be many things. Like we don't say task management as a company because it means nothing in construction, but it can be used for like punch list, production, safety. Like really you can apply it to, to really anything. What makes construction specific is when you know the location of something, most of the time you already know what it is. And so like location is a key element of context that is really important in construction that doesn't exist in any other sectors. And so that's what makes Fieldwire tailor-made for construction when, I don't know, like Asana or Trello or plenty of other platforms or not. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I'm just curious, like, you know, I mean, I'm a young, younger-ish guy, shall we say. But I think even if I'm thinking back, because I think you guys launched, what, 2012, 2013-ish kind of thing, right? Yeah. That was when I just started my business as well. And I was stuck in the old school as well, right? Paper, Excel, because that's just how I learned to do things. But I was initially, I was also pretty skeptical about like looking for, you know, technology to help out. I was like, oh, that's just another thing I got to do. How did you find the buy-in from people? Like, did you need people from site? Did you need people from the, from the office to jump on board? Like, what was that process like? I mean, in 2013, if I try to really describe what the market was like, if you lived in Silicon Valley, it was very clear that everybody was going to get a smartphone and that the cloud was going to win. So at least as founders, we were very convinced that regardless of what your job was, ultimately you were going to get a smartphone. So the, the Valley is not in the future, but they're kind of like a year or two ahead of the rest of the US in adoption. And so that part was very clear. But that being said, we could visit construction companies at the time. And we would say like, oh, you know, every electrician is going to carry like a smartphone in their pocket, it's going to happen. And people would throw us out being like, you're crazy. Like <laughs> it's never going to happen. Like this is too expensive. It doesn't work. And so we had that confidence, but it was clearly a completely new market. The industry was not ready for it. Like we would go out there and people would not understand. And rather than follow the typical playbook 
of creating startups, which is you do a top-down product that is sold top-down and you just go bang on doors and convince a VP of ops or, or VP of construction to buy it for their crews. And, and then you do a POC and you do all of that. We didn't want to have to explain ourselves, but we came from gaming. So we knew how to distribute games. And in games, you, you don't talk to every person that's going to play your game, right? You just run good ads and good marketing. Then you bring them to a website. And our idea was that we needed validation. And, and our thought was, if we can bring somebody to our website and they can read it like, you know, really quickly and sign up and start using it for free, set up their project and start using it enough, you invite a few people that they have to find a credit card and pay for it. Like if they can go through all of that process, like we know that our yeah. thing is working. Right. And so that was the thing that we didn't have the choice because we're a small company it was like, do that or die. And somehow we figured it out. And so to this day, like most customers, most new customers that come to Fieldwire, we create like more new business through people that we haven't talked to a single time than we do through, uh, through, uh, through our sales organization. So just, just through word of mouth, essentially, right? And exactly. Like, and like you said, the marketing presence, the online presence, just, just seeing it out there. Hey, I've seen, I've heard, what do they say with marketing? You gotta, you gotta hear something or you gotta see something at least seven or eight times before you click on it. <laughs> right. Cause it's that, it's that retention, right? And so that's really how it started. And I, I remember telling the team when we turned on like credit card payments on, on Fieldwire, I was like, you're going to see somebody's going to buy and you're going to remember that first dollar forever. And our first dollar wasn't somebody in construction. So we were so disappointed. It was some, uh, some teacher at a university that was using it to do something that is location-based, but that actually wasn't in construction. So our first dollar was awful. Every dollar after that was pretty good. And the thing that worked really well, though, is within... Like six months to a year, we started getting those emails from companies that would reach out to us and be like, okay, how much would this cost if we were to try to put everybody on it? And we would Google those companies. And those were companies with like thousands of employees. And so the first enterprise deals, and when I say enterprise deals, I mean agreements where we would get 100% of, of, of a large company started happening when we were less than 10 people in the companies. And we would have to have the very honest discussion. It's like, yes, the product works really well, but there is you know, we're a small company. So, yeah, I mean, I'm actually really curious. Like once you, once you started seeing those much larger companies, like you said, with a thousand employees, were you guys like, oh, we should have made this more like user-friendly or we the onboarding process, I should say, right? Because I think, I think a lot of companies and people, I think in any industry are always a little bit leery about how long it's going to take to get used to a certain system, learn the system, you know, especially when they start, spending a lot of money like if you have a thousand employees and whatever tier they fall under next thing you know they're committing you know tens of thousands of dollars a month so obviously yeah. they're they're always thinking about okay is it going to take them a while when am i going to get my return like so was that always like something you guys thought about or do you guys tweak with you know input from some of your customers no i think that was that was something we had from the get-go once again like the the constant pulse we have on our user base is the proportion of our customers that can go through the entire process without ever talking to us. And as long as this happens, and once again, it's the majority of the new business for us, we know that we're doing the right thing. And in general, I think the standard way for companies to discover Fieldwire, most of our large customers get to like 50 to 100 people using Fieldwire without having any sort of agreement with Fieldwire. And when they oh, get- they just, they just sign up online and go kind of- Yeah, it just starts going in the company. And usually once we have a hundred people, 
uh, with a customer, we can have that discussion with headquarters when we say, okay, mm -hmm. how is that working? Like there's really only two paths moving forward. Either you think right. it's valuable and, and you should talk to your own employees. And by the way, this is who they are, or you don't think it's valuable. And then you should kick us out of your organization. Cause like we, we obviously are, are wreaking havoc uh, for you, but like usually <laughs> it, goes the, it goes the first way. No. And so we really skip that part of discovery of does Fieldwire add value? Yes, it, it adds value. Like there are so many situations where they try to deploy technology and it doesn't work, right? Yeah. I know I'm saying the word curious a lot, but I mean, with I think where you are, like the last seven, eight years, you guys are predominantly like based off smartphones, you know, like that's your, your bread and butter, at least like, you know, your, your main kind of niche right now. Has like the infrastructure improvements going to like 4G and 5G, has that made you start thinking a little bit more with like BIM modeling and, you know, like that kind of stuff that's all like coming in? Because it feels like we're just scratching the surface of what that technology could actually bring to, you know, our industry in terms of real time performance and what you can actually get out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're on smartphone, tablets, and of course on web as well. And by the way, it's something that we had to explain in the onboarding flow of the platform, because we noticed that some customers had no idea that Fieldwire was on web. Uh, and so they would be like, oh, like it's just, it, I, we, they thought it was just an app. And so like, it's, it's something we, we purposefully include in our onboarding. To your broader question, the core thesis of Fieldwire is that most companies are pretty good at planning and designing. Like if, if, if you're not good at that part, you get out of business really quickly in our market. It's impossible to survive, right? So we start from the idea that most companies are good at planning and the difference between the great companies and the good companies is their capacity to execute that plan well during the project with all the, the adjustments and, and variation that they're gonna encounter. Fieldwire focuses exclusively on that connection between the plan and the execution. It's like, do you have a team that when the company decides to go in a direction, where the project decides to go in a direction, like executes that really, 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 really well. And that's really the sole focus. And our vision of execution is that no product had really been made with the craftsperson as the primary user. It's like, our thought was that if you solve it for the, for the craftsman, like, like the individual electrician or carpenter or whatever, the benefit will be for the project, will be for the company, and ultimately every, everybody wins. Um, but so we try to solve it for the individual before we solve it for their organization. And you see that in the way we distribute the product, in the way we think about the product, in our focus. Like we're almost a consumer company for the individual craftsmen before we're like an enterprise company for their, for their big boss at the end of the day. And so back to your question on, on BIM and, and other things. Most software, that is created for the boss first, like for the, for the top of the organization, by the time it trickles down all the way to the field, like often ends up in the wrong spot and doesn't connect well with the field. And so our thought was like, we're going to start in the field to make sure that we grow deep roots in the field and we connect extremely well with the team and we're going to build everything backwards. And so it's a fundamental mental shift that the tech starts in the field, and then after that, we can rebuild backwards. And so over time, we're going to start rebuilding back towards project management. We're going to rebuild back towards design. We're going to rebuild back towards every other areas that is upstream from the field. But it's going to be integrated so deeply that by the time it gets to field wire, like the field is able to consume it perfectly. You know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, over the years, I've used quite a few different 
um, you know, cloud management softwares, right? And, you know, me, me sitting in an office and stuff, you know, I like to see things a certain way. And then what I, when we end up pulling the plug is usually when the guys on site don't see that information relayed from me to them properly, right? Or when they input stuff, I don't end up seeing it. So I think that reverse thing is, is pretty, is pretty interesting. And if you kind of bring it back now to the other side, who knows, it, it, it kind of might, might work out really well. The one thing I did notice that you guys do offer, and I think I, the last time I saw, I was on your website was a couple of years ago, and I don't believe I saw it then, but the capability for your as-built drawings. Yeah, I think that's a pretty uh, unique feature that you don't see too often when it comes to, you know, tech on an ongoing basis that can be used in the field. Do you want to uh, talk a little bit more about that specific feature? I like it because for me, it's always like pulling teeth, trying to get asphalt drawings when the job is done, but maybe you can share a little bit about the thought process and, and how that side kind of works. I mean, in general, when we think about uh, job site execution, usually I think we bucket it in three big problems we have to solve. The number one problem we have to solve is make sure the team has access to up-to-date information. And usually that comes in, in, in the shape of like, like drawing specs, you know, various documents it can be like a field schedule or something like that. And because of the rate of change, if you cannot do the change, or if you cannot do the version control in the same software, then like things are going to fall through the cracks and that's not good. And so at the very least, at the, at the core field of is very good at getting the right information all the way to the last person on site that needs it and are just managing the changes. So that like, yes, if your electrician on site is like, okay, we're rerouting this cable over here, he's able to just mark it out like immediately. The second thing after that is really like trade coordination or cross-trade coordination if you're like a GC and trying to move people around effectively. The fact that we're doing that once again within the same platform that we use to deliver information is very powerful, right? Because you're not switching context. Like there are a lot of tools that do one thing well, and that is good. But if you know, like for example, I'm performing an activity over here and I'm trying to figure out like where it is and I need to switch to another app to look at a plan that doesn't have like the same as built and then come back, like it ends up being a mess. And so the fact that you never have to leave the ecosystem, like you can do like really powerful things in Fieldwire. For example, I can, I can be looking at a photo and, and ask myself, where is that photo? I click on it, it takes me to a task. Then I see the discussion that's happening. Then I click, it takes me to a plan in the location where that thing is going on. And if you think about trying to do that, like- Oh, that's a bit of a disaster, right? <laughs> Clients ask all the time too, hey, can you send me a photo? And you kind of want to show them where it is because without having context on a drawing, it makes it really challenging. You have, you're on the phone with them and like you see where this- Grid line is. <laughs> you try to. We had a customer where uh, they were doing a hospital extension, uh, and because it's an extension, like the the existing hospital was really across the street, and their main problem as a GC was that the owner was on site every single day. Like they would just cross the street, come on site, and it would waste like a lot of time. And when they started using Fieldwire, because the owner could just like browse it on Fieldwire directly, they could see the photos, they could see everything. They never came. They were like, okay, sounds good. You guys are doing well. We don't need to know uh, anything else. And so that's super, super powerful. So how does it work in terms of, you know, getting clients on board? Like, obviously they have to sign up and stuff, but can they just be a user that, let's say if I was the GC, wanted to invite my clients. So I wanted to share like discussion with a photo or something going on. Like, do I just tell them to sign up? Do I send them a link? Like, how does that kind of, even with subcontractors, shall we say, how does that all kind of tie in together? 
I mean, we can start first by by talking about like the typical companies that we see yeah. using Cloudflare. So we have we're split actually pretty evenly between uh, GCs and subs. So subs use us directly to run their crews. GCs use us to work better with subcontractors. And so they're going to do slightly different subs. Like some subs are going to run production and inspection with us. GCs are going to run mostly like punch list, safety, you know, QA, QC with us. Like they don't run trades. So it's a slightly different usage. Uh, that being said, when a GC uses us, usually for every, you know, like project engineer on the GC side, you're going to find usually two or three subs on the other side that are under the umbrella of the GC. And so like, how does that work? It's like, it's a little bit different everywhere. Subs have a very good idea of how many people they have. So usually subs tell us like, oh, you know, we need uh, something for like 400 or 500 people. And then we just agree on a contract that a little bit of overhead space so that we don't have to just manage, you know, day in, day out, like, oh, we're one people, one person. Because <laughs> yeah. that would be a nightmare. But subs like usually manage like a workforce. For GCs, it's a little bit different uh, because they think about it per project. Uh, and so like usually a project like blooms and then and then disappears. So with GCs, we're much more indexed on usually if they're big GCs, we're on a percentage of the project cost. And that's the that's the way we operate. You know, I'm interested to know, like when you first started Fieldwire as opposed to, let's say now, has it kind of like taken any like funky changes from your original vision? Like what was your original vision? And, and you know, were there some fun surprises, shall we say, with add-ons that you got that you never thought maybe you would you would need, but maybe the feedback came back that, hey, this is something that might be needed kind of thing. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm just, I'm always curious because, you know, you always like with every business or every entrepreneur, you have a vision. And then as you keep going through it, it kind of takes some turns and some, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's a, it's a good question. I would say the general vision hasn't changed. Like our passion is job site productivity and how we can help the construction advance by solving the job site first and, and everything downstream, like upstream from that. So that hasn't changed. After that, like, I think a lot of things had changed. Like for everything that I knew in construction, there were like 10 things I didn't know. Like, for example, initially, you couldn't even version floor plans on Fieldwire, right? You would have one version. We were like, we're primarily a task management platform, not like a, a document control enabled plan viewer. And it turns out that customers were like, if I'm putting one plan on Fieldwire, I want to be able to put all the revisions. So, okay, so we added that. And then they were like, now we need to be able to compare as built. And we're like, okay, now we're adding that. And so there's a ton of things. In general, I would say the company we try to do what we call the 50-50, which is 50% of what we do is really driven by the vision that we have of where construction should go, really with that lens of let's take this job site first approach uh, and, and help the people out there. And the other half is everything our customers are telling us every day. And sometimes it's going to be symptoms, but like we get like thousands of emails from customers, which is super awesome. Like I, there's nothing I love more than, than visiting like uh, like supers and, and, and craft people on, on site, but they send us so much feedback. And in the middle of those, you have some gold nuggets and we're like, we're complete idiots. Like, how come we're, we're not doing that? It's so easy to do and we can just tweak a line of code and now it becomes super easy for everyone. So, so that's the cool part. The, the big change that I've seen since we started is we really created the company in complete opposition to project management in construction. When we said everybody's focused on project management, and that has come at the cost of focusing on field management. And so for eight years, we were like in the trenches. There's only thing we, one thing we care about, which is field management. That being said, I think we've done a really, really good job there. And now we're finally realizing the vision of, of rebuilding the, the vertical backwards. And so like we're starting to build project management. We're starting to bridge towards like BIM and other stuff. And so it's, it's a really exciting phase of the company. 
That's awesome. You know, with all the, you know, other contact softwares and stuff out there, like, do you guys integrate with any of them? Do you feel a need there is? Or do you feel like, you know, the way you guys are going and kind of building it in reverse compared to how people have done it in the past, shall we say, uh, it's not really needed because you just really wanted to focus on a certain task. So that was our strategy initially. And we weren't planning to really do project management at first. And you actually ended up reaching out to a lot of companies that were, in our mind, pretty good at doing project management and not very good at doing field management. And we're like, hey, we have a lot of common customers. They're building integration with duct tape right now. We shouldn't let them do that. We should actually integrate formally and, and offer that to our clients. What we found is that there wasn't as much willingness to integrate because a lot of companies, like a lot of the people that were coming from PM were like, oh, but we have a mobile app. Like, what are they doing in Fieldwire that they cannot do with us? And I was like, I don't know exactly why they're using us, but obviously <laughs> Something, something's working. Something's, something's working. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, so in the end, like what we found is that like for the center of the industry, like integration is going to be pretty hard and there is going to be like fierce competition for occupying the center of the space. And Fieldwire, I think, has, has every right to compete for that. After that, uh, the, I think there are a lot of like much more specific applications. So like on the BIM side, on the design side, I think this is a very mature, consolidated part of the industry. This is an obvious integration opportunity. Like nobody is going to go rebuild that part of the industry. I think it works extremely well. Um, and so like uh, I would say integrate on that direction and build on the other side. Yeah, I think like the BIM side, that that's almost like, it's not really, I mean, it is and it isn't. It's because you can use it in for design, architecture, facility management. There's a different concept and idea behind that as opposed to specifically being on, on a construction site, right? So I've dabbled in a, in a few of, of the other softwares and sometimes I found the integrations confusing. <laughs> If that's a if that's a good way of putting it, like each entity did a really good job, but when when you tried to mix it, as I was saying earlier, the reporting might have been a little bit, you know, somewhere in the code something is not fully one hundred percent kind of thing. But I mean, like I said, there are companies out there trying to do a lot of things. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This past year with the pandemic, I'm sure it kind of blew your mind out of the water with the number of people probably signing up. Is that a fair assumption with everyone working from home now and trying to have that communication and that thing pretty tight? It's been a great year. I mean, the craziest part is construction didn't shut down in the U.S. I mean, we, we have a pretty good overview of how construction works internationally because we're in the U.S., but we're pretty big in Europe as well. Uh, we're in Australia. So we see a lot of the markets that I think are quite similar. Like Australia shut down at the beginning. And that was super hard on Australian contractors, especially because... I think the, the government wasn't helping as much. Like in Europe, they shut down, but they were getting so much subsidies from the government to pay their employees that it really wasn't that hard financially for the companies. But I think Australia was a very different story. The US didn't shut down. So yes, we saw that and they had to figure out new ways. And, you know, I think just take a, a simple software like Zoom, like prior to the pandemic, how many construction people knew how to use Zoom? Like how many people? How many people in general use Zoom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe not that many. Like now, everybody knows it, and so you have like it's done a lot to increase. I think the the savviness of people on on technology, and you know, the typical question you would get is like, okay, I get it, but like forty years ago, we were building buildings without software, and it was working. So our answer often is like, yes, forty years ago, that was a profitable way to run a business. Today, it's going to be a lot harder to make money if you run like that. But now they really get it. Like it's a must-have. They understand. So it's been a good year for us. Yeah, for sure. 
it's uh, it's very interesting what you just said uh, with the construction and this how we've always done it. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast, too, because, you know, I, I was finding even myself in day to day sometimes, you know, stuck on old habits on, well, this is the way I've always done it. Like, unless you can show me and prove me something different, like this is the way and just because something's working doesn't mean it's the it's the best way to work. Right. Like it doesn't mean you can't optimize a little bit more, get a little bit better. So, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Now, you also you you just mentioned too. you guys have a little bit more of a worldwide reach. Like when did that start happening and where are you guys now? So, I mean, that started happening from from day one in the company because we had that no touch self-serve type of approach to the market for us. Starting a project in San Francisco was just the same as starting a project in like Canada. Like really there was no difference because the, the customer would go through the entire process on their own. And so that's why we we had an Australia presence very early in the company. Like I think on year two or three of the company, we still don't have anybody in Australia and we have tons of really large customers in Australia that, that are using the platform. So that was great. So that started from the get-go. So initially we were really focusing on like North America and Australia and a little bit of England because the language was easy. We would just run ads in England as well. And then we started doing more languages. And so we added like French, German, Spanish, uh, Japanese. We had some big Japanese customers that that were expanding. And that really started just blowing up like everywhere. Like I was last week, our marketing team like showed us a video. I think it's a, it's a video of a project we're doing in Peru. And it's the new National Museum of Archaeology or something like that. And so it's an awesome project. Looks, It's pretty big. Like, it looks awesome. But I was talking to one of my coworkers, and I was like, do you realize how mind-blowing it is that we're doing projects in Peru right now? And on top of it, last week, I didn't even have an idea that we were doing that project. So we have projects in random places, and they're super big projects. It's pretty exciting. The only place we don't really touch today is China. This is not true anymore. We actually have projects like starting in China right now, but this is an area that we really haven't focused on. I think it's so different and it's not necessarily a market that's driven by the craftsmen themselves. It's a lot more top down in nature. So I don't think it corresponds to the company quite as well. But if it works, works. (laughs) that was my first question when they were starting those projects. I was like, like, please make sure that like there is no firewall that blocks you from using field in China, but there is not. That's fantastic. So what do you see for the next, for the next year or next couple of years? Like, I know you've kind of touched on it, moving a little bit more up into that uh, project management thing, but are there any more like short-term goals you're looking to like kind of hit on maybe a couple more South American companies that you're not, uh, countries that you're not aware of and starting working over there? I mean, Latin America is growing. I think we have some stuff in Chile that is doing quite well. In general, I think we do very well in countries where the cost of labor is high enough that it makes sense to equip the craftsmen with technology. There are some countries where it's easier to bring more people than to actually invest technology in the people you have. And so like in countries where labor is expensive, like North America, Europe, Australia, it just makes a lot of sense to use things like Fieldwire. But that being said, I think uh, other countries are catching up quickly. I mean, we were talking about China a second ago. Labor was pretty cheap in China. Like the cost of labor is exploding like rapidly right now. And so like very soon they're going to be at, at levels that, that start becoming like somewhat comparable to the cost uh, over here. Now, in terms of the long-term vision, we really have that focus on the construction phase. And, and, and if you want that, that really explain why we integrate on the design side and we build on the project management side is project management resides in the construction phase. It's really like the phase that we focus on 
like from the moment you break ground to the moment like where you ship the, the billing to your customer, that's our core focus. For the company after that, it's just grow, grow, grow. I mean, we have like, I think a bit north of a hundred people. I was thinking about that today and I don't remember a single month of the company where hiring wasn't one of the top three priorities. Like we need to keep bringing in top talent. Like the better the people you have, the better the company goes. And you said you have an office in Paris as well now, right? Yeah, exactly. So we have like two offices in the US, one in the Bay Area and one in Arizona. And we have an outpost that is growing very fast in France. Like I think we have about 10 people now in France. We were serving the market from the US, but at some point it got too big. And so we started just putting some people on the ground uh, and that office is doing super well. So, you know, if some of our uh, listeners wanted to jump on, I know you said it's, it's pretty easy, click, 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 like where would they go on just to jump on, check it out, or even if they wanted more info, like where can they learn more? I mean, the easiest way is you go to our website, like fieldwire.com, like F-I-E-L-D-W-I-R-E.com. Uh, and you can sign up there. If you're, if you want to get better at it, uh, you go to our YouTube channel on Fieldwire. We have a ton of training videos. You can find literally everything you need over there. And finally, if you're not interested in using our software, but you're interested in joining a cool company, you can do, go to fieldwire.com slash jobs. Like we're hiring a ton of people. So if you're good, if you know the industry, uh, if that's something that's exciting for you, like uh, we're interested in talking to you. That's pretty fantastic, Eves. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been, uh, I always, like I said, I always love having these conversations where, you know, concepts started. Where did that light bulb start, essentially, right? And then kind of how it's tracked from there. Engineers, right? You always go back and like unbox the puzzle and then try to put it back together, right? Yeah, and the best part for me is we started our company in the same year, so that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's not talk about who's doing better than who, but, <laughs> but it's all good. You know what? Fantastic. Again, thank you so much for coming on, and you know uh, we'll be checking out your growth over the years. Thanks, Ro. Appreciate it.